Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. If you would like to call us, it's 415-496-9511. If you would like to email, it's radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's G-O-T-O productions.com. And you can also go to radio.rehab and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. So we have a very special show today. Um, I'm gonna inter- I got to interview Josh Weinstein, who directed the film Menasha, which played the, at the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival, which I didn't even know there was one, and I feel like such a bad Jew for not knowing that. I can't believe I didn't know that. And next like, year we'll do more. I know. Like, the only reason I live where I live is because I'm right next to the Jewish Museum. Like, <laughs> see, it's the only place you can get good matzo ball soup. You should follow them on Instagram because they're an amazing art museum. It's at Jewseum. I love them. Um, but, yeah, they have, like, a Jewish deli there. And, and it, but I didn't know there was a Jewish film festival until this year. And next year I want to go to, like, every single day of it. But we got to go see Menasha, which is a trip. It's like I'm kind of I've got this I'm kind of a voyeur and I like to I like to stare at people. I like to people watch. It's like, you know, growing up in LA, my dad and I would go to Jerry's Deli, which is a Jewish deli, and we'd sit there and people watch all day. And this is people watching Hasidics. And you don't get, you know what I mean? First of all, in San Francisco, there's none. But in New York, you know, where all the Hasidics are, I, I've never wanted to stare and, and, you know, but they're just fascinating because they have this like strict, they have this strict way of being and that's how they are. And they're able to keep doing that in 2017. They're able to exist the way they exist without any outside influence. It's pretty amazing. So here, check out what the director, Josh Weinstein, has to say about it. Welcome to Radio Rehab. We're here with Joshua Weinstein, a.k.a. Joshy Poshy. <laughs> um, director, a- a.k.a. J. Posh. Yeah, J. Posh, mm-hmm. director of the film Menasha, which I just saw last night and loved. Which I think everybody in the audience loved it. It was really cool. How did this concept come about? Did, like, did the concept come about first, or did you meet Menasha, the actor who played the character Menasha first? Yeah, you know, growing up in and around New York City, you can't help but notice Hasidic people yeah. everywhere. They're part of the fabric, and at the same point, you see them, but you never know them. You try to engage, they don't engage. So I was always curious, always wondering what was really happening. And I remember going there on um, Purim. Purim is like Jewish Halloween, mm-hmm. and people are drunk, people are having a good time. And I walked into somebody's house, and we were just having the best time, getting to know someone, getting to know like there was humanity everywhere. And I knew at that point I was going to make a film. That was years before I started doing this. When I met Menasha, it all came together, where where him as an actor and his real-life story about how he's a widower who lost custody of his son, he just had all the elements of, of what I love in, in cinema. Right. Um, and one thing I liked is I have like this voyeuristic sense about me where I like to spy on people and watch other people. And every time I've been in New York... You know, you, you can't, I don't feel comfortable staring at them. I don't want to make them oh, feel comfortable, away. but they're stare so fascinating. Away. And I got to, it's like, I got to watch, you know, this inside view. Like it was, you know, I got to be a fly on the wall basically. And it was really interesting because I've never really felt comfortable questioning them too much. It's like, even though we're all Jews, they're a totally different thing. And they look at the Torah differently. And I know that. And it was, but it was very interesting to watch the whole to watch the movie. Now, how is it casting people? How is it finding Yiddish actors? Is there like a Yiddish central casting? So literally 
it was almost impossible, where there was hundreds of thousands of um, religious Yiddish-speaking people, and almost nobody showed up for auditions. Um, we had a few dozen, and then whoever they were, I'd write parts for them. So it's kind of like a high school play. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that. Well, what about the little boy? Was his name Ruben? Yeah, Ruben was incredible. So I, good. I loved him uh, so much. Uh, yeah, their chemistry between him and his father really could make the whole film. But we couldn't find a boy living in that community, and we ended up finding a boy from Jerusalem who grew up speaking Yiddish who was not Hasidic. So he's the only non-Hasidic actor in the movie. Oh, my God. Really? So that's where you found him. He I wasn't know. just part of That is so yeah. interesting. And and basically, and he had long hair, and he was so upset when we had to shave it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was so cute. He looked so cute. He was absolutely adorable, and I really felt like – I mean, for a second, I almost felt like it was like more of a documentary because I was like, wait a second, is that really his son? It wasn't until the end that I'm like, okay, no, that is not really his son. But for a second, I was starting to believe yeah. that was his son. Well, good. Suspension like, of disbelief right yes, there. Yes, they had really amazing chemistry. Totally. And, and everyone in this film, we did rigorous um, casting tapes and, and, and acting sessions with them to see if they could cut it, if they could actually really believe that they were who they needed to be for the script. And it's a testament to all their performances that, that the film is what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it looks like, you know, somebody is just filming what's going on in someone's synagogue. It's, it was amazing. Well, and the synagogue scene, right? How the, how do you get a synagogue? You know, how do you how do, say, how do you fill it, how do you fill it with people? I mean, we tr- worked so hard to make things seem sloppy, to make se- things seem like we just caught it. But really, it was meticulously planned every every aspect of this movie. Oh, wow. And no, that's the, especially the synagogue scenes. It looks like somebody's secretly going around and the people don't notice them as they're doing their prayers. It was amazing. That was really, really interesting. Um, I also like, even for people who aren't Jewish, I feel like they'll have no problem following along with the story. No, it, it, it is really, yeah. It's very much a universal film about a father trying to take care of his son. I think we all have been through these relationships. Yeah. It's also about a widower overcoming grief of his late wife. Um, there's so many emotions, both funny and sad, that I think everyone is going to relate to. And, and audiences from Sundance to Berlin have all been captivated. Right, And I mean, it's really hard not to love Menasha. I mean... There's just something about him. I can't explain. Like you just no. you fall in love with him. He is Charlie Chaplin esque, um, big broad comedian. But there is sadness in him. And and what is comedy but a way to hide something that's difficult inside? Right. All the best comedians have been through like the worst stuff. Those are the ones who are the funniest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jewish humor is a thing. Oh, especially <laughs> Je- I know. It's and so funny whenever Jewish comedians say that, like you know, Mark Marin, he's like talks about. How, how bad his life has been and that's why he's funny it's true because the stuff he talks about is true and it's some of it's awful but it's funny yeah Menasha is a cuter Larry David yes <laughs> he is. he's a cuddlier Larry <laughs> he's David much cuddlier yes. he's, he's I mean you just kind of wanted to follow him around because yeah, I just became attached to him by the end of the movie and the love he had for his son was just I mean I really believed he was that character. He did such an amazing job. Another thing I like is the whole cuz a lot of times they people don't really talk about the whole matchmaking thing that goes on and and the way that community takes the Torah like super literally. But like 
you know, without as far as like a single dad not being able to raise his son himself. And it was really interesting to see how so, different the women, per- the female perspective was from his. Yeah. Well, two things. One is that that's not actually in the Torah that a single father can't raise his son. That's just a custom of a rabbi. There's over 40 different Hasidic groups, and each one has multiple rabbis, and each one has their own interpretation. Right. So depending on which rabbi you follow, you could believe, you could be anti-lettuce that's not wash. You could not wear Woody Allen sunglasses. I mean, some of these um, laws and edicts seem nonsensical. Yeah. No, I, I definitely can see that. I know there's even, um, you know, like when people leave Scientology, like there's there's something like that for when people leave that community. Have you met a Scientologist before? Yeah. What oh are, my God, what? I grew up in LA, yeah. What, what are they like? I'm scared to answer that question. <laughs> They're all really nice. But I mean, they have communities for when you walk away from something. Like there's yeah. something called, I think, footsteps. Yeah. For when you walk, you know, for like people who have been, because like you said, there's 40 different kinds of a Hasidic communities. And it's like, it must be, how, how do, I don't understand how people yeah, figure out look, what's right. There are many negatives about this community that, I mean, the, the treatment of women um, and other things we've seen in, in the press. And not that those things aren't wrong, but it's rare that you see a humanizing depiction of this community and saying that, that, that shows what's actually happening there. And so this is Menasha's or, or a single widower. This is true to what his life would be like. Um, and I think it's important to have that depiction as well. Yeah, because they are people. It's like, you know, how when people go through um, where Amish communities are and it's like, what's the deal with those horse and buggy people? You know, it's like it's just different cultures. But it's also amazing to me how someone how people can take something so old and keep that community going and thriving in this day and age with drones and like, you know, self-driving cars. But that's why I mean, no, I researched this film like like a nonfiction book almost where I spent a year just writing details down. Like, I heard about a rabbi that if you put his portrait on the wall, it keeps the mice away. Is that yeah. a real... Oh, that made me laugh so hard. Wait, that's a no. real thing? Everything in this film is 100% real. Nothing was made up in a sense that, like, every every prayer, every um, religious context, that is... is is checkmark kosher, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were lots of rabbis who watched this movie and parsed it through just to make sure that it was authentic. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I mean, but that part I thought for sure was a joke, the picture of the rabbi that keeps yeah. the mice away. That's hilarious. I love and, that. And how about, you know, I made the whole film just to have one scene in the movie where we see 10,000 people dancing around a fire and singing. Yes. You know, what an epic moment. Religion is about set pieces. You think about the Vatican. You think about the Pope. You think about Islam. You know, going going to see Mecca. Religion is all about having these huge communal events. And I thought you couldn't make a film about a single lonely father without also showing what the community does for its spirituality. Yeah, because they do lift people up. And I mean, there's there's a reason that he's part of his religion. There's a reason he prays. It's yeah, I loved that part. Um, I also loved the mikvah scene. It was so funny because after I got home, I was emailing with my friend who was also seen it. And she's not Jewish. And she's like, I thought he was trying to kill himself at the end. And I'm like, that's a mikvah. That's not. She did. She had never seen a mikvah. So I was yeah. explaining to her what that is. Totally. And that was very, very hard to get access to shoot that, by the way. Because we it? wanted to shoot everything real. Like, yeah, you know, for sure. But it's interesting because the film 
you know, it is lit. Is it, the film is a litmus test for how, what you think about Hasidic people and what you think about this character. Many, some people find him despicable. Some people find him very loving. Some people, when they get to the end, they do think that he's he might commit suicide. Some people think it's an uplifting ending. You know, so me per- personally. I'm trying to tell a very bittersweet story. So I can understand why we'd have multiple interpretations for him. But at the end of the day, Menashe is like all of us that when we have grief, when we have something difficult, like we don't always make a rational decision. Right. And um, and we are fighting with him. We are pulling our hair out with him. We are laughing with him and at him sometimes while he tries to get through this moment of his life. I hope a lot of people see this movie because I just want to talk to everybody about it. So I felt last night when I got home. Baruch Hashem. Hashem. Um, so, but let's hear a little more about you. Um, oh, no. I'm tell, gonna tell me about you, movie. please. Tell me about no, no. Yeah. I want to hear about your punk band. Oh, so <laughs> I was in a band called Trophy Scars. You can listen to like seven of our records on Spotify. Um, and I was on Warp Tour. You know, the cool thing about punk rock, which I started playing in high school, um, was here are my friends when I was in ninth grade were making tape cassettes that that. That I thought were awesome. That like, and the fact that as a friend of mine who's my own age could make art that I loved, it's informed everything I've done ever since. That you don't need to wait for a studio. You don't have to wait for, for lots of money. If you really believe in something, if you really care about something, you can make something great. And then that like DIY aesthetic has stayed with me since I was a child. That's cool. I also used to be a big fan of making mixtapes and making the weirdest, most obscure mixtapes I could find. But that's that's interesting that you started with music because that is kind of something that you can do DIY. And this movie, it's like you know, there it's like I feel like they're remaking movies all the time. Like there's just a different version of like Annie or a different version of. And it's like when I saw Menasha, I was like, "There's actually something new being done. Like, there's a, there's there's still things that we haven't seen that are being done, and that's what I loved about this movie." But this film, just like my music, was is on a very small group of collaborators. This wasn't huge sets. This wasn't like two hundred people and and and. and trucks where we have hair and makeup in it this was just a few close collaborators who went out every day and just yelled and screamed and sweated and you know and grunted and got through it and um and like it, how many people were on some days literally it was just it could just be some days just just me and like two people in menasha some days other days we had 40 40 crew members and, and obviously in tons of extras but it, it was just what we needed for the day and it was just very much it's not how you'd make a film. Also, we didn't shoot it in order. We shot like two weeks, then we took off months and went back and shot another another really? two weeks. Yeah, and everything about this film was just very organic. Um, I, I live in Brooklyn. Manash lives nearby. We we just put the film together and start shooting again. So you live in that neighborhood? You no, guys... I I don't live in that neighborhood. Well, yeah, not I mean not the Hasidic neighborhood, yeah. but you live in Brooklyn, yeah. and he. So was it difficult to film that movie in such a in such a big city? Well, the hard part was, like, obviously, we've heard every story about indie filmmaking. Like, literally, on this shoot, on the first shoot, we ran out of money, and I had to send back half my lighting stands and half my, my cables because we ran out of money on, on the first shoot. Oh, um, no. Just to keep the movie going. But that's besides the typical indie film garbage that, like, we've all experienced. This film had a population that didn't want the film to be made. Um, the actors were intimidated. The producers were, were, were tried to pressure not to, not to be involved with the film. Um, you know, we'd lose locations. People didn't want us there. So many people in this community, first of all, you're not allowed to watch films. This is a film about the string, most stringent form of Judaism. And in this insular community, 
films are not allowed, contemporary music is not allowed, you know, most modernity is, is not allowed. So the people we're making film about aren't were never allowed to see this movie nor nor be involved with the film. Um and it added a, a host of extra difficulties that, you know, no other film would encounter. Who was the community I mean, well, who was the specific part of the community that was um kind of trying to naysay this and, and that was intimidating the actors? It's I mean so, we all, I mean, a lot of people, if they know about Judaism, they know about the Chabad movement, which Lubavitch. Um, so, one of the producers on the film is Lubavitch, and they're allowed to be part of modernity in every way. They're allowed the internet, they're allowed um, you know, smartphones. They were, were big supporters of making this film, but it's well, many of the other groups, and I don't want to just call rabbis out because it's, it's just oh, not, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's no. not, it's not polite to do that, but... um. They just there's nothing positive for them to be involved with the film. So most of the other groups outside of Lubavitch did not want to be involved with this film. Interesting and sad because it's such a good film because it doesn't depict them in a bad way. It does. I just. But yeah, the funny thing is though is that this is gonna be the most bootlegged film in Brooklyn. I heard you say that last night. That was so funny because that's where all the bootleggers. That's where you get all your bootleg yeah. movies is yeah. in Brooklyn. Because these, I mean, many of these religious Jews they would not openly watch this movie. It might be as high as eighty percent of these people will watch it secretly at their house. Oh my god! Of course, yeah. Like, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, like, I mean, if I was told not to, I would be like, no, I'm watching that. No, was I was really glad I did watch it though. It was a good movie. I'm just really glad this movie was made. So thank you for making it. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'll do whatever I can to support this movie. So thank you for being on Radio Rehab, Josh. Thank you for listening. As you can see, Josh is a real mensch. I love that kid. He's so adorable. Like right when he sat down, I'm thinking of which of my cousins I could set him up on a date with. He's so adorable. He's very talented. And I loved talking to him. And he has a punk band. Yes, and he was in a punk band. He's the greatest. So go see Menasha. I mean, seriously, you'll love that you saw it. Normally you're like, I would, I would never suggest that you go see a movie that's completely in Yiddish if it sucked. You should know that about me by now. It's good. Go see it. If you'd like to email us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. Call or text 415-496-9511. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at Radio Rehab Dana. And you can also go to Radio.Rehab. Make sure you see Menasha. It's in theaters everywhere August 11th. Keep coming back. <laughs>